You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast, a special NBA draft edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast here at DraftKings. If you are watching on YouTube, you see we have a guest alongside none other than Jeff Goodman. You can find him on Twitter at Goodman Hoops. He is a basketball analyst at Stadium. Jeff, thank you for joining the Unreasonable Odds Podcast, man. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, we're getting down to it here. The NBA draft, uh, you know, some predictability, but a lot of unpredictability. You know, it's uh, it, it's a fun time and a time when even I uh, and I feel like I have some you know inside knowledge with a lot of this. That's why you're here. <laughs> I know, but you never know. Like I've, I've covered these things for ESPN. I was on site you know, reporting on them for four or five years. And even then it would be like, you know, you never know what's going to happen with trades and, and whatnot. The only thing I feel really, really good about is the K Cunningham will be the number one overall pick. That's all. I, I think we all feel good about that. Um, especially considering let's see what the numbers at at the moment. I should say first, we are recording this on Tuesday, July 22nd at noon on the East coast. Yeah. It is important to put that time stat stamp in there. Because the draft is Thursday, July 29th at 8 p.m. I think it starts. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna talk, you know, top 10 picks, some draft numbers that are on the board at DraftKings Sportsbook. Things change. Things change a lot. A lot of the things we're talking about have changed a lot over the last few days. So putting that timestamp in there, um, and we'll see where things go. Um, Cade Cunningham is currently minus eight thousand to be the number one overall pick in this draft. If you want to make a hundred bucks on the number one pick, you got to lay eight grand on it on Kate Cunningham. That's how certain we are that he's going number one to the Pistons. We might as well. I mean, you can just touch on it for whatever, 30 seconds, 60 seconds thoughts on the number one pick thoughts on Kate Cunningham and the fit with the Pistons and whatnot. Yeah. It's a no brainer in my opinion. I mean, I think he's got a lot of Luca in him. Uh, mm -hmm. He's big, he's strong. He makes people better. He's got every intangible, not a great shooter, but shot 40% from three last year at Oklahoma State. You know, he's not the score that Luka's uh, been so far. I don't think he'll be that, but he'll be a better defender. But again, big, strong, sees over defenders, um, uses angles, uh, you know, and will get better and better and better. It just impacts winning at such a high level. So I don't, you know, I know it's out there right now. Woj put out there that they're not sure who they're going to draft. I mean, that's always a load of crap. I mean, every year sure. it's the same old thing, right? For the most part. Well, they're considering other. No, they're not. They're going to draft Kate Cunningham. 
Yep, as they should. And my comp, a Ben Simmons that is not afraid to shoot. Not quite the defensive player. Not as fast. I mean, that's the thing. Ben is a blur. Like, until you see Ben in person, it's hard to explain how fast he is at his size. Kate is not that. But what he is is a big, big point guard who you can play anywhere, makes people better. And you're right. Not a great shooter, but will will shoot it and has gotten better shooting the ball. Yep. Yep. All right. So not too much to talk about there. Number two with Houston is kind of where things start. And I think this is more, you know, Jalen Green. This was originally when odds opened, kind of a three-man race with Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs, all, you know, around plus 150-ish range for this pick. Unless this pick is traded, it seems like Houston is locked in on Jalen Green. We've gotten that from some good sources, and sports books are going with it. DraftKings Sportsbook has Jalen Green minus 380 to be the number two pick in this draft. Is Jalen Green going to Houston? And if not, do you see any potential to trade here? Because I know Houston would love to, I mean, they keep talking about moving up to one. That's not going to happen. Is Green the guy at two? And is it going to be Houston? Yeah, I I think so because of his upside. And and that's where if you're Houston, you've got John Wall and you've got him on the hook for 91 million the next two years. So it's close. Like I love Jalen Suggs. I do. I I love his upside. I think he can be a top five point guard in the NBA in time. But if you're Houston, you're saying to yourself, all right, we got Christian Wood. We got John Wall on the hook for all this money. We got to play him. We got to figure out a way in the next two years to get as much as we can out of him. And can we get this this freak athletic wing, Jalen Green, who, oh, by the way, the questions were his, his work ethic and his perimeter shot. And he shot 37% from three in the in the G League Ignite, you know, their bubble. And he played hard and was productive every single game. So NBA guys love him because they could see him as being that kind of three-level scorer in the Donovan Mitchell kind of mold of, of give him the ball. And he's not a true point guard by any means, but he can just make plays uh, down the stretch. So I, I, I think Houston, that's certainly where I've been told they are leaning heavily to. All right. So number three, that works well for this team. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers who are loaded with all the guards that they've been taking, you know, the last three prospects, Sexton, Garland, um, Okoro, all these guys, they need a big. And if it works out like this, now Evan Mobley is sitting there and is kind of the perfect fit. This is another team that was rumored to maybe want to move around. I think if one, two goes as we expect it, now you got Mobley, who is minus 225 on DK Sportsbook to be that number three pick. Are the odds kind of catching up here and telling us, agreeing with what you think, how this draft is going to go? What did you say Mobley is? Mobley is minus 225 to be the exactly the number three overall pick. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was in Cleveland a week ago having breakfast with Kobe Altman and Mike Gansey, and they didn't tip their hand at all. But um, from talking to them, yeah, I just – Listen, I feel like they know they can't take Jalen Suggs as much as they would like to. If they take Jalen Suggs, they're forced to have to move Darius Garland or Colin Sexton. And you don't want to be put in that position because neither one of those guys have enough trade value, right? Like Sexton's worth more to them than he probably is to any other team right now. He's got more trade value to Cleveland and Kobe Altman. They think higher of him than probably anybody else. So, yeah, I think Mobley, they, they, they feel like could fit um alongside Jared Allen and let's face it like Kevin Love his days are numbered 
I mean, we know that they just can't get rid You're of not him. making any decisions based on Kevin Love. You're a Hell young no. team that needs all young pieces. So that, yeah. Mo- Mobley is so different than Jared Allen. I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, Mobley can't play with Jared Allen. They're both great defenders, but Mobley is a guy that honestly, he could put the ball on the floor so well. And he knew this past year where his bread was buttered, which was in the post. He's long, he's thin, but he was so effective around the basket. He's going to be able to step out and be able to make shots from 15, 18, and eventually extend his range to three-point range. I think he only took, I don't even know, 30, 43s this past year. I won a game. He, he attempted. He's going to be so much better. My biggest concern with him, honestly, down the road, when I talked to him in the preseason, the one thing he said to me was, you know, when I was younger, I didn't love basketball. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's uh, the thing you hate to hear. But I think he's grown to love ba- – not many guys, I think, can grow to love basketball. But if you watched him play last year, you would say, like, all right, that's not the issue. Um, the issue is can he be an alpha dog? Can he mm-hmm. be a number one guy or is he always going to be Chris Middleton in, in that type of role? And I think Cleveland, if you said to him right now, you're going to get a Chris Middleton type player, but a better defender and a guy who can who can make shots eventually from the perimeter and really create – you got to go. You got to go, Evan Mobley, if you're Cleveland. Yep, I'm. I'm with you. So, all right. Those are a heavily favored top three right now, as it should be. Number four is where I think things get really interesting. Just to start with the odds, Jalen Suggs is minus one sixty. He should be favored. Toronto has the pick. That's low. Like you think that's low? Okay. Oh hell yeah! I think okay. this is a four man draft. I like. So I agree with trade. You. Unless there's some crazy trade. I would be beyond shocked in a scenario where Jalen Suggs does not go in the top four. Beyond shocked. Well, so here's the thing. He can't, this is minus 160 is to go exactly four. So the top three have to go how we said, and then Suggs goes four at minus 160. I'm going to, I agree with you. And I love Suggs personally as a prospect. And it, the thing that I can't get over is that it makes sense because Toronto is eventually going to have to move on from Lowry. Right. You plug the position right in a good player that, you know, even at four Suggs is kind of quote unquote slipping in this draft. Yeah. Um, here's what number one last year, Jalen Suggs would have went number one if he had been in last year's draft. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so I'll play some devil's advocate and give some, some sure. pushback, I guess the guy that is maybe the biggest riser at the top of this board is Scotty Barnes from FSU longer point guard, the wingspan, <laughs> all that he's plus 300 to go for. The other thing we're seeing is this kind of gets into five, six, kind of lumping the picks together. Orlando at five. Um, there's Kuminga. There's talks of a guy like Barnes. OKC maybe falls in love with Barnes, tries to leap up to four to get Barnes. We've seen that report out there. Um, but the smart thing for Toronto, I think, is to stick there and take Suggs, who falls into their lap. It seemed you seem pretty set on that. Um, how do you feel about Toronto trading the pick? Do you think there's anybody else Toronto looks at? No. Uh, biggest no brainer. This is the okay. biggest no brainer okay. of the draft, other than okay. Kate at one. This is the Toronto hit the, the damn jackpot getting number four because they're going to get a great player. As I said, it's a four man draft to me and then a big gap because okay. to me, Jalen Suggs, what's the most important? position in the NBA it, probably point guard and then a multi-dimensional versatile wing 
right? Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen Suggs is kind of both. I mean, he really is. He's a point guard with incredible court vision. Not a great shooter, but showed the ability to make big Capable. shots. Capable. Incredible defensive instincts. Incredible. Like anticipation. Big, strong. Not as freakishly athletic as, as Derrick Rose was in his heyday vertically, but he's got a gear. He's got a burst. Football player. Totally. So I think if you're Toronto, there's no way in hell I'm taking Scotty Barnes because I got Pascal Siakam. And I'm not saying they're similar, but you Lanky. Know, yeah, they're, the they're ball, like, run, neither run, one run are rate. great shooters. Like Scotty Barnes can't shoot right now. He's Correct. a point forward who's an elite level defender, but he can't shoot right now. That's not what Toronto needs. Toronto needs a big guard who you could pair. And Suggs isn't six five, but but he plays bigger than he is. Probably six three. <laughs> plays bigger than he is, and you pair him with Fred Van Vliet, and you've got two. You're losing Lowry, who's an mf'er. You bring in Suggs, who's an mf'er, and you pair him with Van Vliet, and you've got an elite level backcourt again. And again, Suggs isn't Lowry because he's not, he's obviously hasn't been in the league for 10, 12, 15 years, but I, I just the think perfect replacement. ultimate no brainer, ultimate no brainer. Okay. Um, let me try and push back one more yeah. time. Not because yeah. this is what I would do, but I'm going to push back one more time with this. What are the odds that if OKC is in love with Barnes and went up to four to get him, and Toronto fell back to six. What are the odds that Orlando is silly enough to leave Suggs there at six for the Raptors and take a Kuminga, I guess? Maybe a book night. That's too high for book night. I guess Kuminga would so. have to be the guy. I don't think it's too high for book night. Okay. Here's the dip. Here's the thing. When you're looking at like Barnes, Kuminga, Davion Mitchell, some of those guys, what do they all have in common? They're not great shooters. Davion Mitchell was this past year in college, but not regarded as a big-time shooter. Booknot is a scorer. All those guys are defensive-minded, and Orlando OKC need scores. They need a score. They don't need another piece. They need stars. And to me, Booknot has the best potential to be an offensive star. I've said it for months. I think Booknot... People laughed at me when I said it. I, I'd love to find a clip. I probably said it two months ago. I would take Book Night at five, personally. Personally. Right. And, Z, and you're saying Suggs goes four, so Barnes slips to OKC at six. Who wants him? And that could be a spot for him. I think he could. I think he right. could. And I don't, I don't know if he's a great fit because, again, OKC's got what? Lou Dort, not a great shooter. Now, you, you want to just keep building great defensive players – that's great, but like at some point you need scores. And Shea Gildas Alexander is a good scorer, not a great scorer. Um, so I, I just I feel like Book Knight could slide, and he's already sliding up. But I feel like he could slide even higher because he's different than everybody else that you're talking about in that range. He seems to be a riser. So just to, like his number on DraftKings Sportsbook opened at ten and a half. Yeah, he's now at seven and a half with minus one seventy to the under. So. Yeah. He's going to go in the top seven in this draft. It's, it's telling you. He, the number for him to go in the top 10, you can bet will he be a top 10 pick, minus 380. So he's risen from a, you know, right on the line of top 10 to firmly in there, according to the odds. Yep. So let's go to six in OKC. Things get kind of 
interesting here. It seems yeah. like I feel like they're very interested in um, in Scotty Barnes. If Barnes were to go five, would they be interested in a book night probably at, at six to OKC? Kuminga, what do you think of OKC? What do you think OKC is looking for at six? And how likely do you think they are to try and make a move? So I, I think Kuminga is the guy who potentially slides here. Okay. So to me, I would see Barnes and Booknight going in some order ahead of Kaminga. I don't know if it's five, six, Barnes, Kaminga, or five, six, Kaminga, Barnes. Remember, Orlando's got five and eight. So they're right, probably right. going to go with the guy that they do not think has the, the, the ability to be there when they're picking at eight. So if they think OKC or Golden State's going to nab Booknight, I would think they, they, they grab Booknight at five and then right. say, hey, you know what? Whoever's there at eight, whether it's Barnes, Kaminga, whoever, we, we can still get a good defensive-minded forward at eight. And and but again, I think Kaminga, who is what is it right now? What's Kaminga? I saw it. So he, I believe, is set. Is it seven and a half? He's been moving all over the place. I want to say it's seven six and, and a half. half. Six, six and, and a half. half. Okay, that makes it tougher. So I go the over on that. I kind of like the over on that. Okay, so you think Orlando and OKC take kind of uh, more sure thing prospects? I do. And then, because it, it makes sense, too, because Golden State isn't going to want somebody like Kuminga at seven. So the raw I prospect don't think so. slips. Right. Right, I agree with you. I agree. I think Kuminga could slip out of the top seven or eight. And then Orlando gets the guy. That's the profile they like, the Jonathan Isaac type of guy at, at number eight. Makes sense. All right. So let's go to let's go to Golden State, actually, who two lottery picks win now mode, yep. getting clay back, get um, Wiseman in there for another year. They're a really interesting team with that original big three that won the titles and now bringing in all these lottery picks to kind of work in yeah. a win now piece. Oh, obviously a trade candidate. If anybody if, if something were to happen, they have a lot of flexibility um what do you like for them at seven and then just throw 14 in there like what they might be looking for there yeah I mean I could see Davion Mitchell being one of those picks Mm -hmm. not sure which one but I feel like he's perfect for what they need an elite level defender right who again shot 45 percent from three and can run a team like he's not going to be their starting point guard now we know that but but he can be a great second unit point guard and help them immediately you know a four-year college player Right. I mean, he, he played uh, he played at Auburn, transferred, sat out a year and then played it at Baylor and was the key for them winning a national title, really. So I could see him being in the mix. The other guy that's like a wild card in all this is Keon Johnson. You know, off the charts at the combine athletically, like broke every record, every vertical record. And again, some people feel like at the highest end, he could be a Russell Westbrook type player. You know, again, I didn't see that at Tennessee. High ceiling. <laughs> yeah, really high ceiling. But but again, the the athleticism, the body frame, and again, we never thought Westbrook was going to be this. Never right. coming out of right. college. You know, he put up very modest numbers like Keon Johnson did. For sure. Um, Keon Johnson, not a great shooter. So does somebody like Golden State roll the dice with him and said like, all right, we're probably not going to get big time free agents anymore. Those days are over. Right. I mean, 
I just don't see it anymore. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they were the destination because for KD coming to win a title, who's coming to win a title now at Golden State at the end of their, their, their reign here? Yeah, and I mean, they have the two picks. So in theory, I don't know how likely they are to – like if they want to win now, I would say take trade now pieces, but they could always take a win now and a gamble in there. They should trade it. They should trade it. And, and the other guy I like for them on their second pick is Chris Duarte, who, again, a riser, an absolute riser. Uh, and, again, it's funny because we've all said this for months. Like everybody's been – me, Rob Doster – a bunch of other people who have watched college basketball have said, like, Chris Duarte, there's no way he, he he's in the 20s. At the end of the day, he's going to go somewhere late lottery, you know, somewhere in that 12 to 18 range. He, he's got the size. He can shoot the shit out of it. He can guard. He knows how to play. You can plug him in now. And the only downside is every NBA guy saying, well, he's 23, 24 years old. But, you know, how long are you going to have him anyway? All right, let's talk about, before we round out the top 10, let's talk about two guys specifically that we hit on there. One of them, a guy that you brought up when I, I sent you all the, the, the numbers from DK Sportsbook, Davion Mitchell. Personally, I, I love him. I find him so easy to root for. I, yeah. He was terrific in, in the tournament. Um, yeah. Some Marcus Smart maybe to yes. him. Better. Um, He'll be better offensively. Better, better offensively, yeah. smaller though. So he opened right around. It was like, will he go to Golden State at seven or not? He opened at seven and a half on DK Sportsbook. The, maybe Golden State takes him there at seven, but the over was the play when those odds opened. He got a lot more spots he can go after seven, obviously. He has moved all the way to 12 and a half on DK Sportsbook. And you said to me, Davion under 12 and a half. Davion to go in that top 12, likely somewhere in that seven to 12 range. The the history of taking these guys that will be 23 years old as a rookie in the lottery is terrible if you go back and look at the names. But you got to do this by looking at Davion Mitchell. Um, give me your thoughts on him. Give me where you think he he lands with – you can't make the argument. You're getting value because he was 7.5, now he's 12.5. So you're getting value. Where do you think he lands? Well, my only concern is if he doesn't go 7 or 8, you, you've then, got 9 Sacramento. They're not taking him. Right. 10 New Orleans, they're, they're focused on Kyle Lowry. 11 Charlotte, they got 8,000 point guards. They're not taking him. So that's my only concern is if he doesn't go seven or eight to Golden State or Orlando, your last shot is 12 at San Antonio. 12 to the Spurs. Who's got DeJounte Murray? He's, he's, he's good, but, you know. But I just think Davion's a guy, like you talked about, he's got some Marcus Smart on him defensively. Not quite as big but he kind of is. I mean he's probably 6'1 6'2 smart's a little bit bigger probably but um but he's better than smart in terms of his ability to run a team mm-hmm. right and again he shot 45 percent uh from three last year so I I just think I think Davian goes seven or eight I do I, I think Orlando if you're Orlando what have you been looking for forever Point well, what if you get but what if you have book night at five I, I'd still I, like, I don't listen. Okay. The NBA is so built right now. If you can't shoot the ball, right. You're not staying on the court. And I love Scotty Barnes to death. And he's the one I take a shot on, even though he's not a good shooter. Mm-hmm. I take a shot on him. Kaminga to me. I wouldn't take him the top 10 personally. Okay. Interesting. All right. The other guy you talked about was one of the guys that I was going to touch on, on the end. And that's Chris Duarte. Another old, we're talking about the old guys here. Yeah. 
um, opened 20 and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. Took a lot of money. Reopened 17 and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. Took a lot of money. Sits at 15 and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. As I said, we're recording this on Tuesday, July 27th. I will not be surprised if this moves to 14 and a half, 13 and a half if you're watching this on draft day. Did you miss the value? Yes. Will I play him under 15 and a half? Yeah. I, I, I think Golden State at 14 is. What about Indiana at 13? If they, don't, if they don't resign McDermott, if Indiana, if Indiana doesn't resign McDermott, they're going to want a guy who can come in, play right away, yeah. make shots. And what he does that McDermott didn't do was really defend at a high, high level. All right. So I, I think we're on the same page there. And then your last out on 15 and a half would be Washington at 15. Um, I don't, do you think that's a, a yeah. I mean, Washington, listen, if you're Tommy Shepard in Washington, you're taking a shot. You're probably actually going to roll the dice on somebody that, you know, a Jalen Johnson, you know, a guy that has a little bit more upside potentially than Chris Duarte, like Duarte is great on a team to me that, that feels like they're a piece away from like golden state taking Indiana, like Indiana is not that far away. And what do you think about San Antonio at 12? That would probably be Duarte's ceiling maybe in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I see it. I think that's a little bit of a reach for a team okay. like San Antonio. Again, like to me, San Antonio is like Washington. Like they're, they're, they're still a, a ways away. You yes. need to, to me, there's some guys in this draft that have high upsides, like a Keon Johnson, like a Kai Jones. Like a Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. guys like Isaiah Jackson. To me, you probably roll the dice if you're a small market team that's not getting, uh, you know, not getting free agents with guys like that. Josh Giddy from from Australia, somebody like that. Moses right. Moody. We haven't talked about Moses Moody. You know, he's we'll a guy I can see him. Golden State being all over. Yep. Okay. And I've seen him as early as seven to Golden State for Moody. And the potential to 14, kind of that seven to 14 window, which is a big window, but that's kind of the type of draft this is once we get out of that top four, like you said. Um, okay, we can skip over Orlando at eight because we pretty we we topped Orlando. Yeah, let's go Sacramento at nine. Like you said, this isn't this pick isn't going to be a a guard. The most mock drafts here have um Franz Wagner from Michigan. He seems to be the guy. He's a guy that originally, so his number's kind of been at nine and a half all the way. And originally the juice was to the over that he'll go 10 or later. That's reversed. Now he's, he's favored to go in the top nine, but I don't think he goes anywhere. I think we all know. I don't think anybody sees him going in the top eight. It's that nine spot to Sacramento or it's not. There's been a lot of rumors. He's gotten a promise in the top 10. It seems by the way, his workouts have gone. You can bet him just to be a, a top 10 pick, he is minus 170 on DK Sportsbook if you want to play it safer than just the under nine and a half. Um, is Sacramento the, the spot here? Here's what I'll tell you. I've talked to a lot of NBA guys on, on Franz Wagner. Some love him and some don't like him at all. I'm in the, I don't work in the NBA, but I'm in the don't like him. Yeah, I, like I would probably roll the dice on that one and go with not going in the top 10 and say that, you know, a Sacramento goes with a Kai Jones or a Moses Moody. Okay. And New Orleans maybe takes one of them or, you know, um, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm not, 
I'm not sold on Wagner. Good defender. Kind of a little bit of a tease on the offensive end. You don't know what you're going to get. But again, looks the part. Only shot, I think, 35%, maybe 34% from three last year. Not as good of a shooter as the perception is. Kai Jones is a really good shooter. I'd rather take roll the dice with Kai Jones because he's 6'11". And he could be a face-up four-man who can also put it on the floor. His ceiling is higher to me than Franz Wagner. All right. Ten. We had a trade. Um, so this was New Orleans. We had the Valentunas trade, Bledsoe moving, um, Stephen Adams moving. A pretty interesting trade. Memphis, yeah. uh, you know, taking on, you know, downgrading at center and taking on Bledsoe's contract to move up seven picks. They must absolutely love somebody was my initial reaction that they can get at 10, that they can't get at 17. And the early reports are that that guy is Josh Giddy, the guard from Australia. I've seen some of that. Josh Giddy's minus 185 to be a top 10 pick. Are you falling in line with that? Or I was surprised. No. Like, what is Memphis doing? Doesn't make sense if they if they take Josh Giddy. Like, he doesn't fit with John Morant. Well, he just doesn't fit with John. Like, your whole, you're building everything around John Morant, who, and, and really Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. to some extent. Like, Dylan Brooks is, is, has been terrific. So those are your guys. To me, I would want a gunner. I would want an absolute floor spacer. And to me, if Moses Moody is there, I'm taking. I'm taking. If he's not, it's a reach. But do you take a Corey Kispert? I mean, he's the best pure shooter in the draft. He just can't guard anybody. But people I'm, think I'm he down can go Harris. I'm down on Kispert. Yeah. I, I'm, I listen, for me, Kispert is recency bias on the tournament. Yeah. He was so bad. We can't, he can't get by dudes. But, but if you know you don't need him for that, if you just need him to stand out there and, and, and make open threes, then you're fine. But that's not what Memphis needs. Memphis needs somebody that's better than that. Um, I would love personally, I, I don't think they'll do it, but man, the backcourt of John Moran and, and Keon Johnson would be the craziest, most electric most athletic backcourt of all time. Like, I just want to see it. I know it doesn't work. I don't care. Like, put those two together, and it's like it's like the damn Globetrotters out there. They'd be so much fun. Just be like on a trampoline the whole time. All right. Um, so that kind of rounds us through, through the top ten. Um, do you have anything? I, I do think Charlotte at 11 is kind of an interesting spot. Do you have any – any feel there well they, they got to go big i mean they got to go skill big to me because you've got you've got all those guards right we know so i'm seeing like a kai jones yes. texas type of yes stuff. kai jones is is absolutely ideal there um you know to me again yeah like kai jones or franz wagner those are the two that if they're there i think you got to take them if you're charlotte all right fair enough um okay let's talk about Two more guys that jumped out to you um, on the board. And we will start with Sharif Cooper, point guard from Auburn, talented little guard. Um, Auburn, I tell you this, just from betting college basketball last year, Auburn was an awful bet out of the gates. And then he came into the lineup and boom, immediately they start covering spreads, winning games. He made an impact. 
and overs, yeah. o- overs, yes. Julian. That's what you had pace. to bet with with Sharif Cooper. If you bet the over every, because he didn't guard at all, mm-hmm. at all, and, and that's why. Go ahead, give give me the number. Right. So okay, here's what we're getting into. Talented offensive player, good feel for the game. Small, doesn't defend. Twenty and a half. Right. You got him going outside of this top twenty. Um, and I agree with you. I like this bet a lot. Sharif Cooper over yeah. twenty and a half. Tell me why he's not going in the top 20. Well, he can't shoot, and he doesn't guard anybody, and he's tiny. Which is so. terrible when you're a small guard. That, just off the top of my head, brings me like Sebastian Telfair type of yeah, I mean, like, guard that can't shoot. Right, and can't guard. And, like, and so, can't like, guard. you better be an elite-level defender that's going to get up in dudes. I just, listen, to me, I think Sharif Cooper is probably a, a late first, early second, and a great second unit point guard. And I don't think you're drafting a second unit point guard in the top 20. Okay. I, I like that a lot. Um, that's something I'm going to be on Sharif Cooper over 20 and a half in my NBA draft best bets article that you yeah. can find on the DraftKings playbook. Um, last one here. And uh, we got one of the coolest names in the draft bones Highland guard yeah. from VCU. Um his number, I don't even have it in front of me, but uh, it stuck out. His number you. is, I got it, it's 27 and a half. And he's 27 moving and a half. Okay. So he's a guy that's really risen from, you know, a second round pick to really on everybody's board. Um, I can vouch for him. I'm, I'm, I'm a roadie Ram. I'm an A-10 right. guy. So I watch a lot of A-10 hoops. Get some VCU games. This kid's legit. Um, and the NBA NBA seems to agree. Um, tell me why you like him to go in those in those top 27 and give me maybe some potential landing spots. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just a big-time scorer. So I, I think somebody's going to take him because what he can do is what the NBA wants right now, which is give him the ball and go make a play. Um, he did it at VCU this year. And, and again, um, I think he's a guy that, that to me, I would – I think we'll move up. I think he's already starting to move up at this point. I'll give you a couple more that I, I like from just, you know, um, lower lower tier guys. I like Brandon Boston. It's 38 and a half. And, and my take on why I like Brandon Boston is twofold, a little bit different than most people's. One, his body, like he's got like a Brandon Ingram body, really struggled last year at Kentucky, but didn't have a point guard. He was a high-level prospect going into Kentucky, yes. so he's a guy to roll the dice on. Super long, super thin, didn't shoot the ball well, but I think people are going to take him on potential. And the other part is he's a Rich Paul client. And by being a Rich Paul client, generally a team might take him early in the second round almost to say, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to take your guy at 32, 33, instead of maybe in the 40s, and it's going to help us with some other Rich Paul clients. All right, the game within the game. <laughs> game within the game, and you got to play it. You got to play it. Uh, I like De'Ron Sharp, 30 and a half. I, okay. I, think he go, I think he goes in the first round. So I would – a big who's athletic and more skilled than people realize and, and big and strong and, and looks the part. Um, that's one I also like there. And I think those were the ones that we talked about more than anything – yeah. Um, Isaiah Livers, 52 and a half. I think I, I would probably go the under on that. Okay. Yeah. He seemed, that seemed 
off to me. Like, I understand he's not the best NBA prospect, but like he can help. He seems like a mid second round pick. Matthew Hurt, I go under 53 and a half. He's a skilled foreman, you know, who can shoot the shit out of it. Went to Duke. Like, I could see him. I'd be surprised if he doesn't go in the 40s. Okay. Those are guys that I was going to ask you about because that steam to the over, like, Hurt. Yep. The, you can get plus 115 on the on the under 53 and a half. Yeah. Other like right next to him on the board is a guy like McKinley Wright. Like, is he gonna get drafted? He's 58 and a half with high steam to small. the over. So like yeah, he's small. And, and we we say this, it's hard because we just we don't know how many international guys are gonna go this year. It's always the in the second round. That's always the worry about taking guys, you know, when we talk about livers and hurt, you know, generally you're gonna get 10 international guys somewhere around there that go in the second round. So there's only 20 spots mm-hmm. for, for Americans or thereabouts in the second round. All right. One more interesting late one that we – this is totally off the board, but Jay Huff is on the board here, which I find strange. 58 and a half. Over 58 and a half. But here's the thing. The juice says he's just not getting drafted because it's minus 280 for over oh. 58 and a half. So if you think he gets drafted and it's not 59 or 60, you can get plus 210 on him being in the top 58 in that draft. Big guy, size can always get drafted, but uh, the numbers say, or the juice says that he's not going, or if he does, he's going to be the last pick in the draft. Any take on whether he goes or not? I wouldn't think he goes. But again, those late seconds, you never know because – so many of them, I don't remember his agent off the top of my head. So many of those are favors. Mm. So, like, you could say it all you want, but if he's with the right agent at the right time, yeah, and that team has another client of, of, of that agent that they want to resign next year, it just might be one of those, hey, you know what? We'll take Jay Huff. We'll bring him into camp. We'll even give him a guaranteed 500 grand because you know what? doesn't matter what who cares we'll throw 500 grand out the window and give it to jay huff and make him happy and make you happy because we know you got we got your guy your main guy coming up in at the end of the year or right now yeah um okay last quick one is a guy that is off the board but a guy that when the board opened and we were kind of setting up this podcast i sent you some some names and Jared Butler opened at 18 and a half and yeah. he had the heart issues going on. And you said over, he could slip to the second round that came off the board at DraftKings. obviously with, you know, the health issues, you can't take that liability open back up at 20 and a half went off the board again. He's still off the board. Um, there are some places in the industry that have him at 21 and a half. I've seen him in a mock go 22 to the, I think the Lakers, I would imagine DraftKings is going to bring him up with a prop at some point before the draft in that early twenties range, he's now been cleared. What does that do for him? Is he a pick in the twenties now? Does he still slip second round because those concerns are still there? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, listen, he's cleared and that that's awesome. Cause you're yeah. not going to find a better kid than Jared Butler. You are. I'm telling you, he is, I root for him. He's the best. He's the best. And he can score it. He can play both, both backcourt spots. You know, he can run a team in the NBA a big-time scorer, shooter, can get to the basket. Um, I think he goes – I would probably go the over. If he comes on the board at 21-and-a-half, I'd probably go the over because I still think there's going to be concerns with right. NBA teams. Even 
again, even with the fact that he's cleared, I think there's going to be some concerns. It's still, yep. it's still happened. So it's a great yep. story and it's great that he's cleared, but we still yep. know that that's there. Yep. Um, and it'll affect him in some way. Um, all right. We covered a lot of field. We, we covered a lot of ground there um, in this field. Any, the, the floor is yours. Have you got any other hot takes before we, before we get out of here? I'm looking right now. I'm trying to think. I think we covered him. Yeah, David Johnson, I kind of like the under and 47 and a half. Big, okay. yep. big, talented point guard who's erratic. But I, I think somebody might look at him and say, you know what? We can get it out of him. How about Greg Brown? 45 and a half. That number is low compared to what we thought. Like he was a top five player coming in. Um, Shaka didn't really get much out of him as a freshman at Texas, but he is 6'8", 6'9", freakishly athletic. And I don't know. I mean, like to me, those two, those two Texas guys, Jericho Sims at 48 and a half and Greg Brown at 45 and a half. Those are two of the freakier athletes um, in the draft right now. And I, I, I got to say, I probably go under on both if I was going to go one or the other. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't have a strong, strong take on, on, on those guys. All right. And it sounds like I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from going through what we went through, it sounds like kind of your favorite, your favorite bet available on DK Sportsbook is Jalen Suggs to be the fourth pick at yeah. minus 160. Yeah, I just I'd be shocked if he's not unless something crazy happens and a trade is made for somebody who wants to take Suggs earlier. Toronto, right. Okay. Let's say Toronto keep as long as there are no trades in the top right. four, we'll, we'll yeah. preface it with that. Suggs right. to go four. That's right. All right. There we go. Jeff Goodman, basketball analyst at Stadium. You can follow him on Twitter at Goodman Hoops. Um, I'm sure you got plenty of NBA draft content coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, if you want to tell people where to find it or what you got coming up. Yeah, I'll have a new mock uh, tomorrow, updated mock. And then uh, we have a live show uh, during the draft. So if you want to watch us, it'll be me, uh, Shams uh, Tarania. Uh, Pat Garrity will have Jarrett Jack also on. And he played with um, he played with Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga on the G League Ignite team. So you're not going to find somebody wow. with better insight into those two players than Jarrett Jack, who also has played a long time in the NBA. And uh, so it, it should be a good one because I, I think we'll give it to people straight. I, I think, listen, I was on ESPN's telecast. I get it. It's it, they do a good job, but uh, we'll I'll give it to you straight because I don't know any other way. There you go. Betters like it straight. That's what they want so that they can yep. figure out what's going to happen in this draft. Find a way to grind out some profit. Um, all right. That'll do it for us. Jeff Goodman here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast uh, for Julian Edlow. We will uh, see you later with a couple of good podcasts. We're going to have. The week one um, NFL salaries release for the DraftKings main slate. Um, football's right around the corner. And we're going to have Phil Steele on to cover some college football win totals, some college football futures. Um, so for Jeff Goodman, for Julian Edlow, that will do it for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. See you all soon.